You are listening to the Power Slam Podcast. This is Brendan Dennis, your host, and this is the WrestleMania 34 preview show ahead of WrestleMania 34 this coming Sunday at their Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, return to New Orleans from WrestleMania 30, of course, that being the big Daniel Bryan bash, winning the World Heavyweight and WWE Championship in the same night beating Triple H originally to get in the match, and then Randy Orton and Batista in the triple threat. The show will be entirely focused on WrestleMania 34, and essentially just kind of a match-by-match breakdown with predictions. Uh, I'm not going to go too heavy into the commentary for today. Uh, Just stick to the matches and give you my thoughts, what I think is going to transpire. Maybe do, uh, depending on the match, a little bit of what could take place afterwards in terms of storylines headed down the line into SummerSlam four months away. But uh, yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, For those who have listened to the first couple of episodes and have noticed that the audio might be a little bit off, I believe I was only coming through one channel of the audio uh, due to my recording equipment. We'll have to see if this is going through both channels now. Um, I believe I made an adjustment that may fix it. Not sure if it has or hasn't. Uh, regardless, I will go forward with this podcast, and if this doesn't work, I will try to fix it for episode four. So with that being said, let's take a dive into the matches of WrestleMania 34, and we will start with the kickoff show. Uh, We'll start with the Battle Royales. First of all, the Men's Battle Royale, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, between just, I I guess, a myriad of different wrestlers. You've got Dolph Ziggler in there. Um... You've got, who else, Mojo, Zack Ryder. You've got a lot of the uh, SmackDown low-card regulars, so to speak. Um, also some on the kind of the bottom end for the raw, raw roster. This is not exciting to me essentially whatsoever. Um, it's, I mean, I, I know that what, Matt Hardy might be one of the biggest names that's in it uh, because he didn't win that match um, this past week. I can't even recall who he wrestled. Um, but again, it was a like kind of a lower, another lower mid card wrestler. Oh, gold dust who also is in the match. Um, it, you know, again, this doesn't really get anybody going. You go back in the, the litany of Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royale winners. It's Cesaro big show who basically just won it in semi retirement. I mean, let's face facts. He's not hardly regularly wrestled at all in the last you know, two, three years. Baron Corbin, who then had the really short money in the bank run and who I think they've lost quite a bit of confidence in as a wrestler, and most recently Mojo Rowley from last year, which was, again, just another giant disappointment and just an excuse to get Rob Gronkowski involved in WrestleMania. So, you know, Cesaro's really clearly, I think, to me, the most talented of any of those wrestlers, and uh, it took them a long time to even do anything with him with respect to the bar and the tag team titles. So... You almost don't want to win this match. Um, I could see Dolph Ziggler winning it simply to uh, advance his kind of cachet, I guess. Other than that reason and that reason alone, I have no other basis upon which to give this to to Dolph Ziggler. Um, His storyline with the... You know, various entrances and sort of making fun of entrances and doing that whole jazz was just annoying, frankly, more than anything else. Um, You know, I I don't know what's going on with him. And I really, unfortunately, think that WWE's got no real storyline for him. 
despite that, he resigned allegedly for one and a half million dollars a year. I mean, if that's a downside guarantee number for him, good for him. Um, because I'm not sure how Dolph Ziggler is making a million and a half a year for WWE. I think that's an unbelievable amount of money for a guy that is just sort of floundering and you literally have not been able to place in a storyline for two years. Um, but hopefully they can do something with him here, I guess, and, and springboard him to something. But the, the amount of confidence I also have in that is is next to nil. So, um, again, that's my prediction. My prediction is Dolph Ziggler because reasons. Um, you know, and that's all I've got for that one. And let's just move on to the women's battle memorial, or excuse me, memorial battle royale, formerly the fabulous moolah battle royale, which you know drew so much criticism they had to change the name. To me, this one kind of comes down to Sasha and Bailey, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I don't think that there are too many contenders outside of that. I think that Becky Lynch is involved, if I remember correctly. They could potentially use this as a springboard for her to kind of get her back in the action. But it sort of is amazing if you take a step back that based upon, again, the women women's revolution here from the last couple of years, we are looking at a scenario where you've got Bailey, Sasha, and Becky Lynch all in a you know battle royal at WrestleMania rather than in individual matches. You know, based upon their NXT performance, based upon the Fatal Four Way in NXT, I would have imagined that you would have seen them um, in singles matches. But again, it, you know, here we are in 2018, and they're all sort of hodgepodge together in this battle royal. I know it appears as though they're setting up a Sasha Bailey storyline, which is great. I think that would be nice, and maybe the payoff for that's going to be at SummerSlam. I don't know. Um, but Becky Lynch is is kind of a travesty to me, just because much like with Dolph Ziggler in a lot of ways, I'm not sure that they understand what they're doing with her. And, you know, unlike Ziggler, I, I think Ziggler's a different case in a way because there are so many talented male performers. And there are a lot of talented female performers, don't get me wrong, but the pool is shallower on the female end. And when you've got somebody of Becky Lynch's caliber to, you know, again, have her go, going out in a battle royal at WrestleMania rather than having her involved in one of the singles matches is just a misuse to me. Nia Jax, I know they're trying to set up Nia Jax as a killer. They're sort of trying to set her up as, you know, an Asuka, but instead of, you know, you know Asuka's small and she goes beats people up, but she's, you know, the big destroyer Nia Jax, kind of like a female Braun Strowman almost to a degree. Um, but that she, she just doesn't play the role very well to me. She's just doesn't, she doesn't have the attitude for it. She doesn't have the menacing kind of, you know, presence that I think is required for that particular role. And Becky Lynch being an overall better wrestler, better on the mic, more personable to me would be better in that role than Nia Jax. And I think would have made a better wrestler. I don't have any qualms or you know, deficiencies with the Charlotte Oscar match. I think the buildup could have been a little bit better. It's more like here's Oscar. She's wrestling you Charlotte. You're great. You think you're great. See if you could beat the best. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, some Asuka, some setup more along the lines of what they've done with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, who we'll talk about in a few minutes. 
would have been helpful for the Charlotte Oscar storyline. But again, I'm digressing. We'll get to those in a minute. Dial it back to the Battle Royal. I think Becky Lynch is a dark horse who could be used to springboard forward, and maybe it will be Becky Lynch. You know what? I'm going to say Becky Lynch. Tack with it. Becky Lynch, because Sasha and Bailey are going to, you know, screw each other out of a win. And that's how the finish is going to be. Becky Lynch is going to get the win. Hopefully that springboards her towards competing with either Charlotte or Asuka, whoever wins that match for the SmackDown women's title going forward and puts her back in the main event picture. Again, I don't, (laughs) based upon the results of the men's battle royal for the last four years, how much confidence do I have in the women's? Probably not very much, but who knows? Maybe it's, it'll be completely different. They'll actually utilize this properly. You've got no idea. Chances aren't, but you never know. I'll give it deference. Okay, on to the last kickoff match. The Cruiserweight Championship between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Two very good young talents. I think that there has been a seismic shift in the structure and overall, um, just I guess, likability of 205 Live. Since Triple H took over from Vince, I think it is a significantly better show. Uh, I think that the uh, firing of Enzo Amore, even though that wasn't otherwise planned, ended up being a blessing in disguise for the company because as long as Enzo was on that show and Vince was pressing a storyline, theater, drama-driven you know, format for 205 Live for that hour, it just wasn't going to work. It needed to go back to its Cruiserweight Classic roots. That's why everybody liked it to begin with. That's why you had sort of indie-level fans coming over, showing interest in what was going on. And now they're getting back to that with Triple H. He has his finger much more so on the pulse of the modern-day fan to me than Vince does. And he's turning it back into something that is worth watching on a weekly basis. And these two performers are absolutely worth watching. 